Let's go. I'm a bull All right, Dog Nation. What's up, everybody? Special, special treat tonight. Uh, we Georgia just got a commitment. Monday night, I think it was about 8.34, Javon Bullard committed to the G. What we try to do is we try to bring you guys the latest. What this program is known for is before the hedges, and we talk to the ballers and the stars before they go, head, go before the hedges inside Sanford Stadium. First of all, everybody on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, everybody that's joining us, let's give a big before the hedges shout out right now to Javon Bullard out of Milledgeville, Georgia. Javon, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? Good, Javon. Now, now it's funny. Yeah, you guys should see what happens before we go live because I'm sitting here and I'm telling Javon Bullard, we're talking about his head coach. We're talking about a lot of things, how much he means to him. But we were trying to tell Javon, I think we're going to get it on his Netflix watch list or maybe Amazon Prime or something like that. The movie Jerry Maguire, because it was hilarious, because I said his head coach was acting like his agent, uh, touting up how much Javon means to his program, he's meant to his team, and everything else like that. And uh, Javon, who wants to be a future broadcaster, guys, so this is going to be on one of his early audition reels. He's rocking that White Sox hat. Uh, so listen in, guys. You could be, you could be, you could be watching a guy – that's going to be on your TVs for the next 10 to 12 years as a football player, and then 10 to 15 to 20 more years as a talking head analyst. Watch out, Skip Bayless. Watch out, Shannon Sharp, because here comes Javon Bullard. Javon, hey, how you doing this morning, man? This afternoon, this evening, man? I'm great, Jeff. I'm great, man. I blessed and highly favored. So, so I think one of the things I want to ask you first out of the box, and you know how we do it, Dog Nation, we get about four or five minutes of me being a reporter, trying to let you see a little bit of Javon. And then after that, uh, I turn it loose on YouTube and Facebook. I look for questions. So if you want to ask Javon why he's always rocking that White Sox hat, what his favorite food is, does he have any superstitions before game days? Why does he like the purple Powerade better than the blue Powerade? What's there to do in Milledgeville, Georgia? You got any questions like that, this is the time to get at us and talk to uh, Javon on all things. So, Javon, this is funny. I asked this question for a couple commits, and they say sometimes it feels like somebody's asking them the day after their birthday. Do you feel any older? So, with you, you're, you're two days as a publicly committed Georgia Bulldog. How does it feel? Does it feel any different? Do you got a little bit more swag in your step on the practice field or walking around Milledgeville? What does it feel like now to be publicly committed to Georgia? Well, and Jeff, in the city, man, it feels great. It was great. Um, the city loves it. Um, Georgia foot, Georgia football, man. I mean, my city just loves Georgia football. But publicly, when I made that commitment, it kind of made me feel like I, I got more of a target on my back. So I had to up my game even more than I already had planned that. So I, I really just feel like I, like I made a tweet earlier today, man. I got a chip on my shoulder. So it really just made me feel like I have a bigger target on my back. I have to step my game up and enhance my game at all levels. That's kind of like everybody's going to game plan and say, hey, let's go against the Georgia commit. Let's get some offers. Let's get some film on number one right there. Is, right. is that why you, th you think your oil is going to be checked a lot now in games because you are a future Georgia Bulldog? Um, Yes, that too, but it's more of a, a self thing. So I have this thing in my mind, you know, so I have to be better than I was yesterday. So, you know what I'm saying, with that commit, 
like I said, like I just said, um, it brings me back to like the target being on my back. I think of that. It's like a self-conscious thing. Like Javon, you you know, you don't know what the next man doing. You got to work harder than them, but you know what you're doing. So you got to work harder than the next man. You don't know what he's doing. So it just pushes you and pushes you and pushes you to be the best player and the best person that you can be. Javon, let's kind of pop the hood on your commitment and your recruitment. I think if I know my, my Javon Bullard 101 or maybe even 102, I think the Georgia offer came in May, May 7th, May 5th, something like that. How did that change the way your recruiting was going? Because, folks, I think one of the best parts of Javon's story here, you guys don't, don't know this unless you read the story on dognation.com, but he had a top seven, which I think shrunk to a top five, but he'd only visited one of those schools inside his top five, and that wasn't the University of Georgia. Javon, how did things change going back to that original question? How did things change for you once Georgia offered? Um, it changed tremendously, man. You grow as a kid in the South, man, you grew up watching SEC football. You know what I'm saying? You grew up watching Ty Gurley. You grew up watching Nick Chubb and those guys make plays at, at Sanford Stadium. So when Georgia offered, it, it changed my recruitment process tremendously, man, dramatically. I mean, it, it was huge, honestly. Um, Javon, can you put your finger on maybe you told me Friday night you did some soul searching. It felt right to your family. It felt right in your gut. What was the trigger that made you think, I want to do it now and I want to be a bulldog? Can you remember? Can you walk us through what that was? Um, Thursday night, I was on the way back from work, man. I was driving, listening to music. And out of nowhere, I got a, head, um, I got a text from hands down, probably the best coach I ever had. His name is Deion Stanley. I got a text from Deion Stanley. That was my past um, defensive back coach. And he texted me. He was just like, man, I'm so proud of you, man. He was just like – and I was telling him, man, it was such a hard decision. It was like the hardest decision I ever made in my life. And he said, sit down and, and ask God about it. And then that uh, that Friday night, um, me and Coach Landon, we were on Zoom going over defensive schemes and schematics and things like that, where they see me playing on the defensive side of the ball at. And – um, I can just remember, like, he just sounds so much like my defensive back coach. And like that and that relationship that me and Stanley had, I kind of had that similarity to the relationship that me and Coach Lanning had. And I was just I just kind of figured that was my sign, man, from God. And I went and talked to my family about it. Everybody was on board and it just felt right to commit to the G, man. Who'd you commit to first? Was it Warren? Was it Lanning? Was it Kirby? Who was the first one that you committed to? Um, we're kind of all in the group chat type thing, so. Um, I just sent in the group chat, guys, I'm ready to be a dog. And they were just like, let's make this thing happen. <laughs> Do you remember what anybody said? Did Kirby hoot and holler? Did Lanning say, oh, boy? What did, what, did, what did those guys say? Do you remember anything? I mean, it was just like, let's go, man. Go dogs. And then Coach Smart gave me a call um, just um, telling me how proud he was of me and, um, and the things that he looked forward to doing in the future. So, Javon, I want you to – to kind of take us to Milledgeville right now in Baldwin County football. You guys are still practicing. You're still preparing for a season. What does that look like right now for your part of the world? I tell you, it's really weird, Javon. I've been to like 10 practices over the last two weeks, and it's really weird seeing the water jugs on the ground where everybody's got their own little individual source of water just laying on the ground like park ball, like rec ball. What's it like for you guys at Baldwin? Um, Very similar. Very similar. The coaches are taking um, – a lot of precaution due to um, coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, things have been really different for the sport of football, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? We just got to 
kind of go with the flow type thing at practice now. Um, like I said, the coaches are taking precaution. Um, the players are taking precaution. But at the same time, it's still going to be football. So you can't really, you know I'm saying, move away from the game. But you got to take um, many precautions that we didn't really used to have before the pandemic. But um, it's really it's really different, man. But you just got to learn to live with it, man, honestly. You know, what is it about football? It's about next man up. It's about adapting to sudden change. It's kind of lessons for the way you play the game. Javon, without getting uh, my, my boy Coach Hicks mad at me, don't want to give him away any game plan stuff, but let me see if I got all these right. You're going to play some wide receiver this year for Baldwin. You're going to play some safety, maybe lock up with a, a corner if the other team's got a big-time receiver in the game plan. You're going to return kicks, return punts. Uh, you're not going to sell hot dogs at halftime, I don't think. You're not going to be the play-by-play announcer um, during halftime. But what all are you going to do for Baldwin this year? Any, any new wrinkles? Um, no, Jeff, I think you said it all, man. I, honestly, wherever Coach Vicks puts me at, I'm trying to do the best and put my team in the best position to win football games. Um, I'm a team player, man. My individual accolades and my individual success means nothing if we don't win. Honestly, I'm, I'm a winner. And I feel like winners deserve to win. So whichever position or place that he puts me, I'm going to try my best to do my part and help the team be successful. So, Javon, i got a couple more questions. I want to just let people see these certain sides of you, and then I'm going to let everybody else have at you. One, you committed without seeing the University of Georgia. A, was that tough? B, what's it going to be like when you finally get on campus and see, are you going to take any maybe any other visits um, if visits are allowed, or do you think you need to see anywhere else? Um, well, to answer that first question, Jeff, it was a very hard decision. Like I said, man, that was probably one of the hardest decisions I've made in my life, man. Um, to not see the school, at, you know what I'm saying? Growing up, you love the visits, man. I got to visit a couple of schools, and you love the visits. Kids love to put on the uniform. They love to feel the swagger, you know what I'm saying, because you – Honestly, going to play at the next level, man, you're going to be soon to be a collegiate athlete, so that always feel good. But to not see the school, man, it was, it was extremely tough because um, how do you not see a place that you're going to be living in four or five years, the next four or five years of your life? But I understand it was a business decision. Um, and, you know what I'm saying, if things – I'm sorry, hold on. If things don't go right um, – we can always, I mean, I'm right down the road, man. I'm an hour and 30 minutes, but um, to that next question, I feel like, I don't know, it's just something about that that Georgia uniform and that and, and the just the environment, that Georgia environment. The fans go crazy, man. I love all the dog fans. They show me nothing but love since the commit, and I think I'm so grateful and thankful for that. But um, I, I just really can't wait to get up there. I can't really speak. Or, you know what I'm saying, how I'm going to feel until it actually happens. Um, but I really just can't wait to get on campus, man, see what the – I don't know what the future holds, but I'm really just excited for it. So, folks, let me rip through some information here. Number one, I've been doing this for more than a minute. I've probably never heard a head coach say, A, great student athlete, great son, great teammate, great representative of the program, great representative of the school, Coach Hicks had you with a, a 1350 on the SAT, a 3.7 approximate GPA. He said this young man, uh, his most important attributes are his mental uh, intelligence, 
the way he processes and understands the football game. He said he could see you as a future Division I football head coach one day. And wait for it. He said that he could even see you – He's that you are the type of young man that he would like to see dating his daughter. Um, I mean, can you ask for anything more than that out of, out of a head coach giving you an endorsement, man? I think that, that goes from A to Z, man. You can't, man. You can't. Like I said before, man, big shout-out to Coach Higgs. That's my guy, man, me and Coach Higgs. I, I can't thank that man enough, man. He, he's helped me in so many ways, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, he's just a great overall person. Like I said, I cannot thank him enough, man, what he, for what he's done for me as a kid and for my family and just my life in general. He's really changed my life, honestly. So this is one other thing. This never happens, never happens, very rarely in big-time high school football. But Coach Hicks told me that he was handing out jerseys. Freshman year, you're walking down the hallway, and he throws you the number one jersey. And, and I don't care how old you are, what level of football you played. That guy rocking that number one jersey cannot be a scrub. You, you know, I've heard coaches all the line tell me, you see defensive players in high school wearing number two, linebackers wearing number five. The lower the number, the better the player. Javon, he gave you that number one jersey as a freshman at Baldwin High. Were you like looking at coach going, for real? Are you sure about this, coach? I got you. What was that like? Oh, it was it – was, it was a very great moment, man. Honestly, that was just like um, he saw something in me that I really didn't see in myself at that point in time, man. So, like I said, man, that, that guy's special. And he and he makes other people special, man. If you just have, actually had a conversation with Coach Hicks, man, and, and see the type of person that he actually is, you know what I'm saying? People base it off reception and what, what they hear about somebody. But if you actually sat down and talked with him, man, your, your mind really would be blown of, of how intelligent and articulate he is man it's just it's amazing like I just sit down and sometimes I just sit down and talk to him and like the knowledge that he just gives off man it it blows my mind at times man but that was a very great moment for me man it was just like it was almost surreal and it was like man you gonna give me this number one because I know wearing that number uno man is it comes with a price man it's a big target on your back so you got to be that guy to wear that number one. Coach Hicks, he also said that sometimes when he wants to feel a little bit smarter, he goes and finds Javon, and he's like, I want this young man, his feelings, his emotion, his personality to flow into me sometimes. He said, I'm a 25-year coach, and he says, sometimes I can learn things from Javon. There's a young man on your football team, Javon, I know you're talking about, good-looking young cornerback, young defensive back. Coach Hicks told me is he's basically said, coach him, that's yours. You take you're really like a coach on the field. You're helping coach one of your fellow defensive backs at Baldwin. What does that mean to you to maybe be helping out the next wave of Baldwin Braves while you're still on that football team? It means a lot, man. It's it's I take that I take that um very strongly, man. Really. Um really it's just, you know what I'm saying? Everybody it's it's steps to this game, man. Everybody started somewhere. You weren't I wasn't always, you know what I'm saying, this three-star cornerback that's committed to Georgia. I was one time, you know what I'm saying, a zero-star kid, the kid that was learning the process of high school football. So you got to take that in consideration that these kids are – we're still kids, you know what I'm saying. We we learn, we mess up, but it's the beauty of football, man. You live and learn, man. It's, this game will teach you so many things that I, I really just – you know what I'm saying, it's just the passion and love that I have for this game to rub off – to hopefully rub off on these uh, – my my teammates, man. It's just like, how can you not love this game? And it, 
you know what I'm saying, for the pandemic has taught us, man, you can't take these things for granted. So whenever there's an opportunity to help another teammate or, or you know what I'm saying, help my help the younger guys or, or, or tell my older guys that, you know what I'm saying, you're not doing that right, or even them telling me, I right, Javon, come on, man, you messed up right there. It's nothing but nothing but love, man. I always say, man, tough love is the best love. Folks, if you want to get a look at how you can just feel it by talking to Javon, number one, the coaches that were recruiting him, they had to recruit him over Zoom, kind of like this. And Javon can have all the film. He could have the reports from his transcript. He could have glowing re referrals from his head coaches and his assistant coaches. But yet he gets on this in front of a camera and he basically shows those coaches his personality, what he's all about. Javon, I'm sure some coaches must have told you that getting you face-to-face, -face, learning, learning about you, seeing you, interacting with you like this, I bet, did you get a feeling that, that some of these interactions you had with coaches maybe made them want you even more in their program? Do you think that you were able to project your energy and positivity, positivity over these Zoom calls when perhaps you couldn't do it in person anymore? Um, yes, sir. I honestly play, uh, think my personality played a big part of my recruiting process um, just because you don't really know a person until you know a person, man. You can, I can you know, have 100 tackles, 17 interceptions, you know what I'm saying, three forced fumbles. I, the be, one of the best seasons ever, but you know what I'm saying. If I was, you know what I'm saying, I, I was getting written up in school, or or I had a bad reputation in my city, you know what I'm saying. You don't really want that guy on your team, man. So a personality, really, like I said, that goes back to Coach Higgs, man. Um, perception, you know what I'm saying. You don't really know somebody until you sit down and you talk to them. You you let them speak for themselves. You don't really know somebody until like you let them speak on their behalf. You don't know what other people go through and, you know, so how other people think and how people, other people look at things. So unless you just sit there and try to understand that person and look from their point of view. So I really think that played a, a major role in my recruitment process. Mm, easy to see why. Javon, I want to tell the folks out there one more thing about you. Maybe one of my favorite parts of your story was lots of guys do different things before a game. Some people write things on their armbands. Some people put in the headphones or the beats and they walk around different corners of the field in the end zone. Javon does something different. I want you guys to know about this. He wants to find motivational speeches, inspirational speeches. Basically, he wants to listen to stories of how people made it, how they came from maybe their tough situation and their long odds and made it. And that's the stuff he listens to. That's the thing that revs up his uh, – RPMs on game day. Javon, why has that been so successful for you and why does that work for you? Um, well, it starts about me being different, man. I, 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 one of my favorite players to watch is Cam Newton. I love watching Cam. And it's not just because Cam is a terrific player. It's just because Cam is Cam. And you, and nobody's going to tell Cam he can't be Cam, if that makes sense. But um, he's his own person. And that's what I kind of took out of. So, you know what I'm saying? A lot of players listen to music. They, like you said, Jeff, they write things on their arms, um, write things on their skin, dress a certain way, wear the same gloves or something like that. It's different with me, man. Um, I, I like to see what drove somebody to get them where they are now, man. It's people weren't the people that we know before they were them. You know what I'm saying? So it's always a story and a struggle to where a person got to get where he wanted to go. Like I said, my those motivational speeches, those things drive me, and it and it honestly gives me hope, man. It's like if you're going through something right now, man, it's it's always sunshine at the end of a storm. So, like I said, man, like those people 
you know what I'm saying, had an order, you know what I'm saying, most of people's success was built off of pain so and struggle so and sacrifice. So those things, those things like that drive me, man. I love the Steve Harvey story, man. Like, that's one of the stories I listen to on the road all the time, man. He he was really on – he really had nothing in, in a certain sense. So, but, you know what I'm saying, God, when you keep God first, man, any, I feel like anything is possible, man, and I honestly do believe that. So let's see, Javon is is racking up the points here. Like, number one, hope you guys have noticed that. He's rocking that old school Boys in the Hood T-shirt right there. Everybody that knows about – everybody knows about Rick. Everybody knows about Doughboy. Everybody knows about that movie, man. Me and him were talking about that earlier. He's got this socks hat like, Kit, like Ice Cube had on, had on in that movie, man. Um, listen, you, if, I wanted you guys to get to know Javon today. I've got so many stories about him. The biggest stories now are the ones that you guys want to want to hear about. So, Javon, I'm going to play point guard. I'm going to sit there and uh, I'm going to look through our, all of our questions. we got so many. Shout out to everybody on uh, Dog Nation YouTube, the, the Dog Nation Forum. I asked everybody that came to visit this program tonight through the Dog Nation Forum to say, I broke my steel chair. I don't know if you know that thing, but that's in the 80s in Georgia's national championship season. The announcer, when Georgia completed a miracle pass from Buck Ballou to Lindsey Scott against, against Florida in the final minute, the announcer got so hyped, he got so crunk up that he said, I, I broke my steel chair. I came through a steel chair. So that's why we had, that's why we, we had them say that tonight. Uh, and I love what you said right there. Through every, after every storm, there's some sunshine. What was that? Repeat that one more time. What did you say there, Javon? That sounded like a phrase that sticks with you. Oh, it does, man. It does, man. Because everybody has struggles. Everybody, everybody's life story isn't the same. You know what I'm saying? Every, even, even though, you know what I'm saying, stereotypically, everybody, you know what I'm saying, people think different things, but everybody's story is not the same. So it's just like through every thunderstorm, there's, um, there's the sun. Through every thunderstorm, there's <laughs> always sun on the other side, man. Man. We remember one thing out of that interview. Remember that part. So, Javon, we got a lot of questions. Will Taylor says, you have a great attitude, 100% dog. John Petty says, Ben Franklin said, when asked to succeed, eat great men. Javon, you are on the right track. Uh, Keith Simmons says, Javon, you got it. Got your head on straight. You can go far in life, young man. Question from Cliff Payne. Do you see yourself as a star, a corner, or a safety in the back of the defense? Um, that's a great question. I get that question a lot, too. Um, honestly, man, I, I really just want to play ball. I'm that type of guy. Like I said, I, I want to win. So, Whoever coach puts me at, and he feels like that's the best position for me to be successful at and to help the team win, that's the position I want to be in. I'm happy with either or, corner or safety. Mm. Cliff Payne also wants to know, what part of being a DB do you enjoy the most? Is it being a shutdown corner and breaking up passes, or is it coming down in the box and laying the wood, so to speak? Physicality is undoubtedly critical to playing in the SEC. What do you prefer? Um, physicality, man. You can't. That's something you can't coach. You can't tell somebody to go in there and throw their body at somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So as I love to be physical. I feel like that's one of the biggest aspects of my game. Um, being physical, that's, that's just football. Like physicality and football go hand in hand. So I have to go with meet somebody down in the box and land in the woods. <laughs> so see, now some people are doing this. Allison Whitaker says, I was so excited when Javon committed that I almost broke my chair, my steel chair. 
Um, Noah Sheldon, we, I don't know if you saw us on Twitter or on, or on YouTube today, but we decided uh, more people could interact and engage with our program at 8 p.m. Every, every Wednesday night instead of 6 p.m. That's where we got a new Dog Nation time for Before the Hedges. We've got, a, I think, a five-star guest in terms of – Javon, if I've seen this one time, I've seen it 500 times. Great attitude, great interview. This kid is great. Best interview we've had on so far. I mean, folks, I told you this guy wants to make ESPN dollars one day, man. And it's just not going to germinate by listening to all those Kirby Smart speeches in Athens. He's already got the skills, man. He's, he's already got the skills. Um, Javon, I'm going to jump over to YouTube now. I mean, to Facebook now. But, man, you, you answered. We had our Dog Nation story up today where we went. We looked at straight in the eyes and I said, you know what? I realize that Javon is the lowest rated three-star in Georgia's class. Probably says a lot more about the boys in Georgia's class and how great those players are, and not just Javon. I wrote that I think your situation was probably um, impacted by the fact that you were on the seven-on-seven team with Hustle Inc., but you didn't get a chance, a season for people to see you and get evaluated. It's very hard for a young man from middle Georgia to see his ratings go up and his stars get up unless he's evaluated and he goes into all those showcases. Javon simply didn't have the chance to do that this spring and summer. And that's why I think his rating is very low. You look at him. I know this about Georgia's coaches. They want somebody that can play the defensive back position. That's Kirby smarts position. And he's very typical. Very, he's very, very picky about his DBs. He wants somebody that can run. He wants somebody that can cover. He wants somebody that can hit. He wants somebody with length. He wants somebody with ball skills, and he wants somebody that's a football player that brings a certain toughness to the position. Javon, in your own words, I know you handled it so well when we had our interview. You're a three-star DB, but basically I think it sounds like it puts gas in your tank rather than you sitting there worrying about why why am I not more high, highly rated? Why am I not the this corner? Why am I not the this safety? How does that help you, man? Um, Jeff, I can't really say that. Um, at one point in time, I didn't think about ratings or, or rankings and things like that, man. Or, you know what I'm saying? Well, he's a five-star. I compare my – I always – honestly, I still do this to this day. All the five-stars, the four-stars, all those guys, big-time recruits. I look at my – I always look at that film. I check that film, man. It's just like, okay, what's he doing that I'm not doing? You know what I'm saying? It's always a comparison, man, and that's just the, the competitor in me. But it's all love at the end of the day, man. But – like you said, that that does it fuels my tank, man. It puts puts gasoline in my tank. It honestly does, man. I, like I said, that chip is always on my shoulder. I feel like, you know what I'm saying, I haven't been heard yet, or I feel like I'm I'm read incorrectly. So people just think just because he oh he's a three star or or he's not six three or or you know what I'm saying, he's he's not the biggest guy we even recruited, or he's not the biggest name, but at the end of the day it doesn't matter, man. I, I didn't seen like uh Brian Aaron, man, a classic Georgia running back, man. Um, Brian was a no-star, got offered by Georgia. They gave him three stars. I had three stars before um, – I even I had I had three stars before my offers even came in. So, it just shows you, man, I don't really play in the ranking game. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Football is football, and it's always going to be football, no matter if you're a number one recruit or the 900th recruit. You know what I'm saying? It's still going to be the same. The best player is going to play, and the best player is going to win. Javon, if anybody's watching and they're paying attention and, and, and they're not watching Netflix and they got their eyes locked on this program, they know why Georgia recruited you. They know why Georgia offered you. You got the game film. It looks great. But this right here, what they're seeing right here, they're probably were like, 
oh, he's got all this football game and he's like this too. I mean, folks, if you don't think this young man would be a great ambassador for the University of Georgia, a great representative of the Georgia Bulldogs football program, maybe you're not listening really closely. Uh, Wyatt Fielden has a question. It's a good one. Uh, he wants to know, what's your favorite thing about Dan Lanning and Kirby Smart? Do you have a funny story or a good story about your time on Zoom with the Georgia staff? Maybe the first time Kirby or Dan made you laugh. Do you remember that? Um, people don't really know this, but Coach Smart is hilarious, man. And you know what I'm saying? He got he got a little, like I call I call it a little soul in him, man. He got a little soul in him, man. Um, he's, he's, he's always making me laugh, always joking around. And that's the thing, man. The relationship is growing and expanded in so many ways, man. It's not always about football with those guys, man. It, it's always laughs and it's, you know what I'm saying, good laughs and good times. But, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day, it's still football. But those guys, those are my guys, man. Uh, a story? Uh, I know those I know those are hard. Anything? Think, what comes to mind? I think uh, when uh, we were uh, upstairs and we were all on Zoom, man, and he just uh, – him and my dad, my dad's a um, huge Georgia Bulldog fan. They just started barking and staying like that, man. It just shows, you know, the humor and Coach Smart, man. He's a, he's a great dude, though, man. I, I love his personality. Zola Garnett, we've heard, we've seen so many of these. She says, great interview. Now, 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 Javon, I asked Coach Hicks this, and they say they call you JB or Mr. Bullard. He said, you don't really have a nickname, so maybe David Johnston's got one. He called you Jabul. I guess you're bringing the bull to the Bulldogs or whatever, but Jabul, that's not a bad one right there, man. David, thanks for your, uh, thanks for your contri contribution. Um, you know what? Michael Webb has this great point, too. And I almost wrote this. And I was like, I had so much to write about Javon, but I didn't. Michael Webb says, I bet Kirby looks at him and sees a bit of himself in attitude. You can see that this kid wants to be a coach someday if he wants it. See, they see these things. You, we've, folks, they've met you for 22 minutes now. And they're already seeing and believing everything that Jesse Hicks had to say about future coach. Philip Jordan Wells said he'll definitely be an asset on special teams. Um, superstar in the making from middle Georgia, from Chris Slim White. Uh, Brad Phillips, this is a unique one. What position did you play in Little League? Were you the quarterback in rec ball and park ball? What were you, Javon? I was actually the quarterback. I played quarterback all the way up to my ninth grade year, man. Um, the city thought I was just going to be this, the next best quarterback. I was I, – I actually brought the first um, state championship – and uh, literally back to our city, man. Uh, I led that team um, I at, quarter, at the quarterback position. So, um, yes, I was a quarterback before that. But my desire just to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to hit people and tackle people, it just got overwhelmed, man. <laughs> Javon, Clay Dykes has a uh, point. He just says, respectfully foaming at the mouth to see this young man succeed. Keep putting God first, brother. Go dogs. That's a good comment, Clay. Yes, sir. Go dog, baby. Um, <laughs> Philip Jordan Wells says Kirby's got soul for real. He said he listens to Tupac. <laughs> there oh, you yeah. go. There you My boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Webb says I can see this gentleman being a huge asset, hosting other recruits in addition to being a legit chess piece on the field. Javon, is that something you think you'd, you'd be very – if you were approached and they said – Hey, we got this kid coming in. He's in the 2022 class. I know you know Michael Doherty in the 2023 class because right. 
uh, guys like that. What would that be like for you to be able to host recruits on a visit so you could show them about Georgia? Um, it would mean everything to me, man. My boy Mike. Mike's a tremendous player, man. Shout out to Mike. But um, um, just to, you know what I'm saying, so when I get situated and, you know what I'm saying, I get a feel for the things and how things going to roll, man, I, I would love to show people around, man, um, around Athens and just around the stadium or to show them the schemes and schematics, the things we do defensively on, on the defensive side of the ball, man. It would it, mean a lot to me, honestly. Javon, man. We could do a whole show, man. I, I should have you co-host these things with me, man, on, on Wednesdays. I could, I could bring in Javon and we could talk to a member of the class. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going I'm to speak this into the universe right now. Before this season is over, I'm going to try and get as many commits as I can in on one Zoom. And I might let Javon host the thing. I'll just sit there and be a guest in the audience, man, or something like that. He's got a, he, he can tell. He, 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 can, he can do it, man. He can make it do what it do already. You can see that right there. Javon. Great, great interview rep. Man, you're even better on Zoom than you are over on the phone, man, because you get to see that big megawatt smile, man, the whole time. <laughs> uh, another in-state bulldog, Javon Bullard. We got people working on nicknames for you right now, man, so you'll get a great one by the time you get between the hedges in Athens. But, Javon, from all of us, Dog Nation, everybody on Facebook, everybody on YouTube, everybody on Twitter, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm sure you've made a lot of people's nights by getting the chance to meet you and learn about you here tonight on Dog Nation, man. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Jeff, for having me, man. Go dogs! All right, guys, that was Javon Bullard. I said, man, we're going to go 20, 15, 20 minutes with him. I appreciate him stopping by. Now we've got all the other stuff to go through in our program. We've got to talk about a little bit about Georgia recruiting. We've got a lot of things to get to right now. Let's see. I think our first thing we want to get to – and uh, Javon, thanks again, man, for joining us. Um, we got a lot of things to get to right now. Um, first things off, we have our normal thing we do every week. Uh, this program is obviously brought to you by those good people at Kroger. Before the Hedges each week is brought to you by Kroger. Get into that Kroger. Everybody's going to start thinking about their plans for summer and for fall. What's their tailgating situation going to look like? Are they going to get in the stadium? Right now, here is another of our weekly messages from Kroger to get you thinking about groceries tonight. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. All right, guys. I know a lot of you greedy Georgia fans are like, you know, who's the next to commit? Who's the next man up? If you're like Brandon Adams, I think that's three commits in the last two weeks. And you're probably thinking, who's the next one? Who's the next guy coming down the track? Let's take a look right now. We started putting this together on Before the Edges over the last couple of weeks. We, we have kind of a timeline, an announcement. Uh, type schedule of the known guys that are on their way to committing to Georgia or some other school, some of the top targets. We'll get to the top targets in a minute. we got some shuffle in that list this week. But right now, let's take a look at the commitment timelines, the anticipated commitment timelines for a, from a lot of key Georgia targets. First of all, um, the decision we think we'll start with Kamari Lassiter, another three-star cornerback. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, Kamari, if we ever get a chance to talk to you here on this program, 
Good luck keeping up with three-star Javon Bullard in the interview game, man. Mega personality. But Kamari Lasseter, you hear a lot of Auburn. You hear a lot of Georgia with that young man. Clemson made a late run for a three-star cornerback, which shows you he's quite not a three-star cornerback. His decision should come August, September. He said he'd like to do it before the start of his senior year. Um, a new one this, this week on the list, an updated this one this week on the list, is four-star nose tackle. He's really going to be a nose guard wherever he goes in the SEC. It would be Tim Keenan, August the 29th. Uh, four-star Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. We talk about that young man a lot on this program. He's always had a very fluid timeline, August to September. The next two months feel like probably the, the direction and the, 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 I guess I would say the timeline there for Tyrion Ingram Dawkins out of Gaffney, South Carolina, Shamar Turner, September to October. That's going to depend on him taking his own self-guided visits. Reminder, if you guys saw the NCAA ruling over the last week or so that they have postponed and backed up all visits again until September, the end of September, October the 1st would be the earliest. Um, so that's, again, another delay right there. Um, Amarius Mims, October 14th, that's his birthday. Nyland Green, I think he could come anytime, probably between now and November. I keep putting October is a range there for a Nyland Green. Four-star running back Donovan Edwards, I think that's going to hinge on the return of visits. Four-star cornerback Dijon Nugget Warren. December 14th is when he said it, but he's also told me recently that he could move it up. He could move it up depending on if he's feeling some type of way. He doesn't think he has to go all the way to December 14th anymore. I think that will also hinge on the return of visits. Um, he's told me that he's having a lot, of, a lot of trouble sleeping at night. He's staying up all night trying to keep up with everything that's going on racking his brain about this decision. Smile Munden Jr., I think that's a decision that's going to go all the way to December. He would be an early enrollee in January. The same for Xavier Sori Jr., the other priority prized inside linebacker target for Georgia in this class. Mason Smith is a guy that's going to hinge on visits in the December early signing period. Um, tremendous defensive tackle there. I mean, I think if everybody thinks about how good he is but how hard it will be to pull him out of LSU, in uh, Baton Rouge territory. That would be a very tough pull for Georgia. Corey Foreman, now we're starting to hear a little bit about Corey Foreman making another one of those Brock Bauer self-guided visits uh, to Georgia on his own with his family. We're hearing end of August, early September for that right there. Final name on the list. We've written a lot about him lately, four-star Terry and Arnold, um, December to February. He said that he would likely take it all the way up to National Signing Day. That's the traditional National Signing Day as well. Those, friends, are your top uh, – are the timelines to watch right now for the 2021 class. Let's do a quick roll through out of Georgia's commitments right now. Uh, if you're just joining us before the Hedges has moved to Wednesday nights at 8, you think that's a better time for everybody after they get their supper, after they get their dinner commute, um, and after they've eaten their groceries from Kroger. Um, it's also a better time for me to get a guest like Javon Bullard. If you guys enjoyed that part of our program, hard to do that at six with these young men still on the practice field, a lot easier to do it when we do it at eight o'clock at night. Um, let's look at our 2021 Georgia commits. There's currently 13 public commitments right now. Um, with the, uh, addition of Javon Bullard this week, the five-star Brock Vandegrift leads it off at quarterback, Micah Morris. Uh, is the big tackle out of Camden County. David Daniel, got a chance to hang out with him some this week. You'll see some coverage with him on uh, dognation.com uh, in the near future. 
David Daniel is also a recent big brother. His family, even during this hard to take and trying 2020, the Daniel family added a baby little girl to their family as well over the last uh, couple of months, couple of weeks. Uh, Brock Bowers, he committed to Georgia last week. We're going to try to get Brock was going to be our guest tonight as well. We're going to reschedule that to next week. Uh, the next name on the list, Georgia, now starting to stack up some of those top 100, top 125 commitments is Lavasia Carroll out of IMG Academy. Still, I think, the fastest man at IMG Academy right now. Dylan Fairchild out of West Forsyth and coming Georgia. You guys have heard me talk about him, the heavyweight champion on Georgia's Class 7A. Jonathan Jefferson, rated as a defensive end, projects to play defensive tackle. A lot of these guys, their rankings have stayed pretty much the same. Elijah Judy, Jamon Dumas-Johnson, Chaz Chambliss, a young man I hope to see really soon out of Carrollton, Georgia. Adonai Mitchell out of uh, Antioch, Tennessee, now back home in Texas. He's already graduated. Quick little story about Javon Bullard. If you couldn't have liked that young man even more down there um, as the newest and the 13th uh, commitment for Georgia in the class. The young man, you probably could guess this. You will not be shocked, but he's already got his associate's degree. He could have graduated last year. He could have graduated early. He's working on his associate's degree this fall at Baldwin High School, where he will enter the University of Georgia with an associate's degree. Still not certain about whether or not he wants to enroll early or not. Those are your current commitments for the class of 2021. I believe Georgia is now number 14 overall in the country uh, with 13 uh, commitments. One thing I wanted to talk about in the news, I'm just going to riff off this really quickly. I don't know if you guys saw it tonight, but uh, the NCAA has determined that anybody that plays during the 2020 season will not have a season of eligibility granted towards their clock. So basically, this is basically a free space for their college careers if they want to. There's no need to play a freshman four games or – three games in the current percentage or ratio of what that used to be in a full season. You can play your redshirt freshman all 10 games in the SEC championship game in the BCS semifinal and the BCS uh, final could play up to that's 11, 12, 13 games, uh, still keep his redshirt for that season. That's very interesting. I'm sure the same NCAA rules will apply to those teams in the PAC 12 and the big 10 that are planning to play this fall and this spring, excuse me, because we all know the NCA always wants to make things fair and equitable to all parties. First of all, the first knee-jerk reaction to that one is, what does that mean for the 85 scholarship limit? If a player wanted to play another senior year at Georgia, um, what would that mean in terms of Georgia staying out in the 85? Would they have enough room to bring in 23, 24 prospects again into the class of 2021? Those are very unanswered questions that need to be addressed going forward as schools start to utilize this, but quite possible that a lot of these guys, they would have to still be attending classes or go to graduate school as well. So they would be enrolled in school also to make that sort of thing happen. Um, another big part of our show is we go with our top targets. Those got those things drop every week. Lots of times some people get confused by what we're doing here, but really it's a, it's a mixture of a, a guy that Georgia likes be a guy that really likes Georgia. There is a true sense of need at that position to add to the class to kind of refill um, what Georgia is expected to lose and replenish C defensive backs after the 2020 season. Um, these are our, these are your before the hedges top targets for August the 19th of 2020. Uh, number 13 again, and that's kind of that ceremonial spot right there. We would call it 
hitting cleanup if we were a batting order, but Mason Smith is standing at number 13 on the list week to week. That is the five-star defensive tackle. Um, number 12, moving down this week, is the four-star running back, Donovan Edwards. Hear a lot of Oklahoma, a lot of Michigan there. I think Georgia still needs reinstatement of visits for them to have their really strong chance at getting Donovan Edwards in this class. Donovan Edwards, I think, is the ideal running back target for what Todd Munkin is trying to do in this new Georgia offense. Number 11 is Shamar Turner. He moves down again uh, this week. He's out of DeSoto, Texas. Still want to hear about him taking his own you know, self-guided uh, visits to Georgia as well. I think that's how he's going to find some clarity on his decision between schools like Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. Um, new name on the list this week is four-star defensive tackle Tim Keenan out of Ramsey High School in Birmingham, Alabama. Tim's a nose guard, a classic zero technique. Think of what, what John Atkins and Jordan Davis have meant to the program. He would be a uh, much-needed replenishment in the middle of the field for Georgia. Uh, he goes to Ramsey High in Birmingham, which is a very prestigious school. It's a magnet school within the Birmingham city system. Uh, he used to tell me that he wanted to take as long as possible to make his college decision. But as you saw earlier in the program, he wants to make that decision on August the 29th. Uh, number nine on the list is another young man from Alabama, Kamari Lassiter, uh, out of American Christian in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Auburn, Georgia seems to be the teams that are that are jockeying for Kamari Lassiter right there. Uh, Kamari Lassiter is actually a Georgia native. I believe he hails from um, the Coastal Empire in south in southeastern Georgia. That would be the Savannah area. Number eight, Dijon Nugget Warren. We mentioned him earlier. Number seven, Xavier Sori. Number six, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins out of Gaffney. Now he's taking a slide this week. He was number two last week. I moved him back all the way to number six. Um, nothing to really to do about Tyrion so much as maybe up arrows, big up arrows for the young men ahead of him. Number five is Nylon Green out of Newton High School in um, Georgia. Um, same high school which produced J.J. Holloman and sent J.J. Holloman um, to the University of Georgia. Number four, the four-star strong side defensive end, Corey Foreman. Corey Foreman comes to Georgia. And remember, folks, we've said this before in the program, almost committed to Georgia at one point last summer. He really felt empowered to give Georgia a chance because he knew Nolan Smith. He knew Nolan Smith was the number one recruit in the 2019 class, played the same positions. He felt like if Georgia was good enough for Nolan, he needed to give a really strong look at Georgia. He came by on a swing where he saw Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia on that weekend a year ago. Um, almost committed to Georgia, ended up falling in love with Clemson, liking Clemson and what they had to offer as well. Corey Foreman is a rare decommitment for Clemson, um, although there have been a couple of those in the 2021 class. Number three, Shamile Munden Jr. out of Paulding County in Dallas, Georgia. Now, Shamile's a little dinged up right now. I've, I've heard that he's not practicing. They're trying to save him at Paulding County for the season at hand. Um, number two, and this is a big mover this week on our list, Four-star safety, Tarion Arnold out of John Paul Catholic in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, if you see his film, I think it's some of the best film, best safety prospect. I think Georgia, pure safety ball hawk prospect. Georgia's recruited in a while. Um, he's only on a team with about 26 varsity players. Only about 10 of those are actually what I guess would be considered real football players, really good bona fide football players, 10 to 12 players on his high school team. He's asked to do a lot. 
he does a lot. And you see Octarian Arnold rises his level of play, even among the level and the region of the competition he's playing in in Florida. Very, very hardworking young man. He also has offers to take that football scholarship in the SEC and walk on and play. And he would play for a lot of SEC basketball teams as well. Number one on the list again for another week. Remaining there is the rock-solid Mount Mims, Amarius Mims out of Blakely County in Cochrane, Georgia. Uh, those are your top targets. You've seen the commitment timelines. You had a great interview this week with uh, Javon Bullard. Somebody on our program, David Johnson, called him Jabul or J-Bull. i tell you one thing. Um, you think about the best of Georgia. Javon Bullard kind of got that bull in his last name, which means he seems very fit to be a uh, Georgia Bulldog this week. Um, you guys got any questions? Let me see if I can take a quick lap around your question wheel. Um, feel free to hit, hit me up with them, and I'll do my best to see if I can get to them. One thing I want to do while I'm late letting those questions populate across our screens is I want to see a couple of tweets that I shared that I want you guys to see. I think the first of those, we've mentioned Tim Keenan a lot on our program today. Let's take a look at Tim Keenan right now. He announced his final five and his I tell you what, Tim Keenan is an efficient recruit. He goes from waiting as long as he can um, to naming his final five to naming his commitment date at the end of August. Uh, been to Georgia a lot of times, seen him at Georgia's sidelines a lot of times. He was there for the Notre Dame game, I recall, last year as well. Probably visited Alabama the most. I do think Scott Cochran would be a very huge asset here in Georgia's pull and if they were to pull Tim Keenan out of Alabama out of the state of Alabama I think Scott Cochran would be a big reason why another young man out of Alabama let me show you this tweet from Kamari Lassiter first of all we may be in the middle of a pandemic we may be in the middle of the coronavirus but if you take a look at this edit right here from Georgia's digital graphics team and they are certainly on point with this splendid edit right here Kamari and Kirby from the 205, that's the area code for uh, Tuscaloosa and Birmingham, to the 706. Of course, we all know that is Athens, Georgia. Kirby's got his arm around number three. Looks like he's coaching him up. Time to be a little bit more physical um, with that receiver off the line. Uh, you see right there, that's a very, very nice edit. Um, I think the last uh, tweet I wanted to show you guys this week is a name that had been on our program for a couple of times. Um, a couple of times. That's Malcolm the Jet Johnson. I think since our last program, um, he uh, he moved on to – he committed to Auburn. Um, Auburn was a pretty good fit for him. I remember him talking to Georgia and Auburn probably the most in the most revered tones, but look what Auburn did. I don't know if you guys have heard this story or not, but Auburn uh, found a way for him to he – was, he was able to graduate with enough credits and enroll and reclassify to the 2020 class in Auburn lo and behold, had room underneath their 85 to bring Malcolm, the Jet Johnson, into their program. Really fast, kind of crazy fast, like Anthony Schwartz on the other side there as well. True 6'3", 10'4", speed in the 100. Uh, Malcolm, the Jet Johnson, has a very bright future, but I think he might be a developmental season away from making his first big impact um, in the SEC. Those are your uh, online chatter. Um, what couple of tweets I wanted you guys to get a look at right now. And let me see, let me take on YouTube right now. Um, uh, let me see any questions about this. We got some people talking about Cade Mays tonight. Um, Frank Patterson is 
lamenting the fact that there's not a lot of running backs in that list. Um, John went, yeah, storms popping off. Folks, I'm in my living room right now here in Woodstock, Georgia, because we had a gully washer, a storm type storm on my back deck. I always think of my grandmother, my mamma, when I say that term gully washer, try to say it as much as possible because that just, just brings a smile to my face. Uh, Colby Curry with another thought about uh, Richard LeCount. Uh, Colby Kirby said a couple of times on the feed that he enjoyed the Javon Bullard interview. If you're just joining us now, rewind that thing, catch it on Facebook, catch it on YouTube as well. Um, I think it's one easily one of the best interviews we've had on before the hedges on Wednesday night. Um, Ty Samuel says Javon speaks so well and so mature. He was born to interview. Um, John, Javon says storms were popping off here about to fall through your chair. Javon is very smart. What makes a great secondary player is their intelligence in reading receivers. First of all, big ups to everybody that's mentioned that they came through their steel chair tonight. That was a uh, way I could sit there and I could recognize all the Dog Nation forum members. Forum.dognation.com if you wanted to learn all the latest things about University of Georgia, what everybody's thinking, and also uh, the latest on Georgia recruiting. Sometimes we'll have a little bit more of an intel drip and the Dog Nation forum about what's going on with Georgia recruiting, then maybe we would even put on the pages of dognation.com. Um, Facebook, I wanted to see what you guys are doing tonight, checking in on some questions. Uh, Paul Duncan in, in, introduces a term to our program tonight. Joel Moody wants to know about a flip candidate. I see some flip candidates perhaps. Um you know, I, I don't think – there's one guy that I don't think is quite down the tracks yet for me to call him a flip candidate yet. Um, you've got to kind of call the shot every cycle where you think that um, Kirby Smart always has a flip candidate in his back pocket um, later on in the cycle. Um, uh, Benjamin Esser wants to know, do I think Georgia lands a top three class? I think three is right near where the number needs to be. Uh, three or four. Um, Kylan Susan Richter has a new nickname for Javon Bullard. Javon Bull of the Woods Bullard, as Dusty Rhodes would say. Uh, Clay Dykes wants to know, uh, Jeff, would I comment on why I think Cade Mays didn't get immediate eligibility? You know, Clay, I've got a theory, and I guess I would say it's an informed or an educated theory. Um, and this is not a bowler plate theory. But if you look at it, unless you're a quarterback, um, it looks to me by looking at all the NCAA's ruling that the following kind of premise applies, and it is simple. If you played a lot, played in the majority of games from the school you were leaving, you were not likely to get immediate clearance. And what I mean by that is it could be a lot of reasons. It could be an injury. One thing that the great NCAA doesn't want to do it's to see a young man miss a college season because of an injury and then transfer and then make him sit out a second consecutive season of college football. I, I totally agree with that assessment. I think it's the right thing to do. But um, you see with a lot of these guys, and let me see if I can apply them to a lot of places. Uh, Luke Ford. Okay, Luke Ford, not only did he not move within the 100-mile radius of his hometown, but he also played a lot that year, the 2018 season at Georgia. He wasn't a starter by any means, but he played in almost all the games. A lot of special teams work. 
He got a lot of garbage time run in the 2018 season when Georgia had an offense that were blowing teams out. And we got, and the program got to garbage time minutes in the fourth quarter to give their young guys a look. Um, Luke Ford got to play in a lot of those games. Demetrius Robertson, his transfer, remember, he missed the year um, at Cal because of an injury. He was cleared. He was allowed to play. JT Daniels, same thing. He was injured. He was cleared. He was allowed to play. On a lot of these situations, now it's not a bowler plate, but on a lot of these situations, these young men did not have an enviable situation. And what I think is an enviable situation is somebody that picked up a lot of playing time, that was a contributor, that was a starter. Look at Cade Mays. He started almost every game for Georgia his sophomore year and also started uh, a handful of games, I think six, seven, or eight of games during his true freshman season as well. I think in a lot of these cases, you have to look at how much the young man was playing or the lack of playing time he had prior to that season. Clay Dykes, that's the best kind of insidery answer I could give you right there. Um, I know you could sit there, a smart fella could go, okay, what about Justin Fields? He played in almost every game at Georgia, but he wasn't the starter. He wasn't the clear-cut guy. Um, he also, it seems like the NCAA adjudicates their quarterback decisions a little bit differently. Um, and also, we know that the, the court case and a hearing that Georgia had um, from that unfortunate incident in the stands while he was at Georgia as well. Those are my thoughts, and that's my best type of things I can tell you there about, about – um, the Cade Mace situation. Um, some questions. Uh, first of all, before we get done, uh, Paul Duncan, I have tremendous. I think CJ Washington is going to be a heck of a football player for the University of Georgia. He already is. Anytime a young man works out with Nick Chubb and he doesn't have to remove the plates. Um, he's a special young man. I think he's 6'2", 225. If you saw the pictures we took of him on the day before he committed, um, very physical, very put together, explosive, natural pass rusher, but he's not 6'3", 6'4", like those dudes with the length and size have to be the prototype to be out there on the edge in the SEC for Georgia. I think he might be an inside linebacker. Folks, remember, Roquan Smith was only about six foot one and about 205, 210 pounds coming out of high school as well. I think inside backer would be a great early fit for C.J. Washington. Benching almost 400 pounds, cleaning well over 350 as well. Uh, worker means something to him to be a Georgia Bulldog. I think C.J. Washington will be the best players in the 2022 class for the University of Georgia. Um, Jacob O'Neill, funny one, man. You want a video tutorial on how you get that hair curl there. Jacob, love it, man. I'm, let me tell you what this is. This is not getting my hair cut as much during COVID. Um, I think I've only got my hair cut once um, during COVID. Uh, so it's a lot of stuff going on up there. All I do really is I, I wet it, I comb it back, I throw a little bit of gel, a dollop of gel on that thing to try and make it manageable. That's really all I do. There's nothing else. I, I guess I've been born all my life. People have told me, I remember in fifth grade, they were saying, Jeff, what do you do? It's such great hair. I remember I was like, that was one of those times where I was like, God given, that's all I can say that I was born this way. Um, and I bet you never thought Jeff would answer a, a hair curl question here on the program. Um, but that's what it is, man. I'm in a great mood tonight. I had a chance to have a great, bring a great interview to you people tonight from Javon Bullard. 
I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the program. I hope you guys let's do two things. One, and I'm going to check both feeds right now. One, if you enjoyed the program, you like it better at 8 p.m., 8.15 p.m., starting on Wednesday nights. If you like it better, give me a hoorah. Give me, a, give me that go dogs. Give me, a, give me an HBTFD if you like that better. But most importantly, um, if there is anything uh, you think, guys, you want to say about Javon Bullard, having him on tonight, I think it was a bona fide uh, treat for you guys to get to know, get to know this young man. You know, and a lot of folks would think that's why we wrote a couple of stories about him this week. Oh, he's just a three star or, oh, he's just the lowest rated recruit in the class. I'm telling you, there's something special about that young man that goes beyond the stars. And I think each and every one of you guys saw it there tonight. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow with more stories. Check dognation.com tonight. There's stories about the practice interviews via Zoom. Kiaris, King Kiaris Jackson, another middle Georgia kid. And also Warren Erickson, I believe, met the media via Zoom tonight after practice. Go to dognation.com, the pages of that world-famous website, to learn all things Dog Nation about those two young men and their view so far of the 2020 season. For all of us at dognation.com, shout out to you guys on YouTube. Shout out to you guys on uh, Facebook. Appreciate somebody asking a question about my hair. I'm going to answer a hair question about every five years here on dog nations before the hedges i had fun tonight i hope you guys did too we'll see you later on dognation.com so george who won't pick it i love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business education is important trying to reach the next level i want the best in life i never settle